0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the 52-Bit Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about something either you or I or both of us want to talk about. This week, I didn't really have anything planned because I had an RTL freeze, so, you know, life's hard. Life's hard. Um, So we'll just talk about something. It's fine. It's not like anyone's going to show up or anything. I'm just talking to myself in my room. Hold it. Is an RTL
1: freeze related to that time Texas froze?
0: I just Skylar what no of course it's not it's I mean, not it, it, it is November and like weather. it is that happened in February it is raining this week but also what do you want why are you here
1: uh ghosts need Why else
2: yeah hi everyone I'm Tejas Kotak and I'm Skylar and we're here to talk about ghosts yeah we are taking over your podcast, and this is now part of our ghost podcastical universe. Of course. The GPU. There are many other episodes within the GPU. They are scattered about your podcast stream. It's uh, part ARG,
1: part podcast, and at some point, maybe part cryptocurrency. No one seems to know how those work, so I'm not going to roll that out yet. They could be ghosts. Yeah, hey. Hey, what is crypto but ghost currency?
2: Right? Yeah. But this week, we actually do have two main topics that we want to cover. And they're in light of all the happenings here in Atlanta where Skylar and I live. One, dealing with elections, because we just had mayoral elections, city council elections, and a bunch of cities and counties around the metro area had elections. So one, can ghosts vote? And our second topic is in light of the Atlanta Braves finally winning the World Series after decades of not. And also beating Texas. Yes, which is relevant because Nita lives in Texas.
0: I feel personally attacked right now. Honestly, that's how I feel on my podcast. As you should.
2: Uh, Can ghosts play baseball? So we're going to tackle those two really important topics on this podcast.
0: Okay, so which one are you gonna start with, though? I mean, like which... voting,
1: I think, right? Just, yeah, just, we'll we'll just go sequentially.
0: So, Tejas, what are what are the rules? Like, what do you need to vote? And do ghosts have it? I guess I don't.
2: Yeah, those are really important questions. So, there are different rules of voting depending on where you live. Uh, we have definitely seen over the past two years or so that a lot of Republican-led states have put on stronger voter restrictions and even voter suppression laws that make it harder for people to vote, especially people who are racial or ethnic minorities or lower income. And because of a the racial history of our nation, there's a strong correlation between being both a person of color and lower income. So those two things are highly correlated, and many Republican legislatures across different states have made it harder for people to just register to vote and then actually vote. So it really is based on, one, where you live. Uh, Certain local counties and cities have different rules that can make it easier or harder to vote, and there are a handful of cities and counties in the U.S. that allow... Uh, more expanded voting rules. And when I say expanded, I mean, uh, there are some places that allow younger teens to vote or they allow or have considered allowing undocumented immigrants to vote so long as they are residents of that city or county. So that brings me to the first really big rule of residency. First, we have to establish that, you know, Ghost X lives within a certain city or county.
1: Now, so here's the question. If you haunt a house, you're good, right? But if you haunt a hotel room, can that be your primary address?
0: Or like a graveyard or somewhere without
1: Yeah, a a, a, a non-residential location.
0: Yeah. What if what if I what if the ghost haunts a 7-Eleven? Yeah. Does it have to get its mail sent to the 7-Eleven? In most
2: Areas you are easily able to have your mail sent to a corporate address and most graveyards will also have like some kind of mailing address so you can have mail sent there, but most voting laws require a residential address. So this gets into the same conflict that a lot of homeless individuals have where because they don't have a permanent address, it is not impossible for them to register to vote, but. Significantly harder because they have to go through several other hoops.
1: Now, can you use one of those like P.O. boxes as a residential address? Does that work?
0: Can we just cut off a part of the post office and make it for ghosts? Is that what you're asking? No,
1: well, I mean, listen, a ghost, well, okay, I guess that's the real question. Can a ghost register for a P.O. box? I think you have to have at least a driver's license or something to register.
2: Yeah, usually you do need some form of state-issued ID, an actual permanent address, and you must be able to exchange currency.
1: I mean, that's a loose term. If if you've got like like an old ghost who has old currency, it's probably still legal, right? It's, it's still legal tender. That should count.
0: Is it well? I mean, my main question is, can they? exchange currency because ghosts are corporeal forms right so like how do they get money from them to you when they can't like touch it
1: i mean how does a ghost move a piano to haunt somebody right
0: fair point fair point there are telekinetic powers to move things all right continue on good sirs yeah so
2: within our ghost podcastical universe we are assuming that most if not all ghosts have uh some amount of tangibility where they're able to interact with our realm of existence.
1: Actually, which I guess does pose the reverse question, can you interact with a ghost, right? Like if a ghost can interact with you, you know, like I could give a ghost $5, but can the ghost give me five ghost dollars?
0: Hmm. Oh, I was thinking more on voting right? like if we assume that this ghost can get a voter registration and they go to vote at the polls, we're assuming they can write down like the people they vote for, but can I hand them a ballot?
1: Yes, you can hand the ghost a ballot because the ballot is not because it's not a ghost ballot. It's just a regular ballot. Okay. If if the ghost tried to bring their own ghost ballot, you might run into problems.
0: What happens if I what about like mail ballots that get sent out once the mail ballot is out in their PO box that they apparently own once they it is in their possession does it become a ghost ballot or does it stay a real ballot
1: No, I think it's always a real ballot. I think it's only a ghost ballot if 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 you kill somebody while they're holding a ballot and they become a ghost, then the ballot also becomes
2: a ghost. No, that that makes perfect sense because when we imagine ghosts, we imagine that they are usually clothed. And they are clothed either in, like, what they were wearing when they died or the clothes that they, like, had the strongest emotional imprint on that most express who they are as people.
0: It makes sense. I just find it very funny to think about a ghost dying with a ballot from, like, 2000 in their hands and trying to vote in, like, the 2021 november election i mean
1: listen someone's gonna have to break that ghost that that election is long over which is a that's whole nother true. that's a whole nother issue you got to deal with
2: yeah that that can be a whole nother podcast of you know were ghost ballots the reason for bush v gore going to the supreme court i mean
1: there's also you know how to explain to your local ghost that the current year is, is you know 2021 and not you know 18 whatever when they died which is a whole nother thing.
2: Yeah. At some point we should discuss, do ghosts have a sense of time? And I think it's going to vary ghost to ghost, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, I think it is. I
1: I think, uh, I mean, listen, it's like time travel. You got to get over that hump of figuring out you're in a new time and then you're good to go. But sometimes that adjustment takes a while, Mm -hmm. especially when you're like, check out my smartphone, but also you can't have one because you're a ghost because we didn't make them for you, you know?
2: Yeah. So I think we've established that the like physical mechanics of voting is something that like our ghosts can do Uh, in terms of the registering to vote part of it. I think that's more of an unknown because that requires residency in the city, county and state that they want to vote in. So perhaps if they are haunting like a house or an apartment or are able to get in touch with like the proper bureaucrat to fill out the paperwork that a homeless person would. So we would treat ghosts either as renters or more akin to homeless individuals.
0: Do you think ghosts can own property in this world? Like, If a ghost is haunting, like let's say, the house that they used to own and they have died, and obviously they have a death certificate, right? Because now they're a ghost. Is this a whole form of ghost real estate that you've figured out, basically, where we can also rent out houses to ghosts, just like the ghost house?
1: Okay, so I think you could rent a house to a ghost, but I don't think a ghost could rent to you, because I believe in the eyes of the law, when you die, that property is no longer yours. So, the ghost has given up, by becoming a ghost, has given up their right to their property. However, you could rent to a ghost. I mean, you know, I I don't know how you're going to collect rent from them, but that's, that's not my problem.
2: I mean, we established that ghosts can exchange currency. So, if the ghost could somehow, if they had a job or if they died relatively recently and had an active bank account. Yes, yeah. They could pay you.
1: Uh although Ghost banking is a whole different issue cuz I I think again they are going to close down that Ghost bank account. Uh although may- maybe maybe they could get like a a ghost like they they had a credit card maybe they could you know use that you know rack up those those ghost points.
0: Well, also what if you put it in your will that your money goes to you when you die? right? Because mm. then technically, because you put like, what is it called? Uh, uh, beneficiaries on like yeah. all your accounts. If you knew, I, I don't know in your ghost podcast universe if you guys know when you die, if you will become a ghost or not. But if you did know, you could put yourself as the beneficiary, but like ghost form.
1: I think it's always just a good policy to put your ghost self as your beneficiary in your will. Yeah, just in case. I mean, just in case, like the worst thing you can do is become a ghost, and they realize that you didn't plan for that. Mm-hmm. As we always say, plan to be a ghost.
0: Yeah,
2: that's our motto. Yeah,
0: yeah. I saw that on a T-shirt recently. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that was us. Yeah, uh, another option is you can move it to like a corporate bank account because corporations can easily outlive people in the eyes of the law, mm-hmm. and. So, maybe you order- if you had a corporate card, you would be better off. Yeah. So, yeah, all tough. ghosts have to be corporations. Gotcha. Interesting.
1: Now, are corporations ghosts? I guess the answer to that is no, actually. Never mind.
0: I mean, I can never see them, they kind of slip through my grasp. So, I could see corporations being ghosts
2: yeah it's definitely a case of like all ghosts are corporations but not all corporations are ghosts yes
1: yes that is very true
2: unless you specifically found
1: a ghost corporation true
0: isn't that just a paper company
1: no because you um you you have to go through ghost law
0: ah of course of course um, who who was i kidding myself
1: yeah you you also have to be a ghost to found a ghost corporation. It's um, it's, it's it's gotten very complicated recently.
0: I'm sure, and I'm sure you know all about it as a ghost expert. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are aware of spectral law. We're not quite scholars of it, but right, we know good pieces of it.
0: Yeah. So, but we we've come to the conclusion that ghosts can vote. As long as they can get registered to vote, which to get registered to vote, they probably should start thinking about that while they're alive to make sure they have a plan to have Mm, residency in the afterlife.
1: And if you can uh, try to position, I I guess you could also try to always position yourself in a place of residency. I mean, that that is going to be difficult, but, you know, that way, at least when you turn into a ghost, you're guaranteed that if you're stuck there, you know, it's a place of residency. I guess to be clear, it doesn't have to be your residency. you could you know go to somebody else's house, but always a good plan.
0: Fair. Um, so I guess on to this the second topic of can ghosts play baseball? Yes, unrelated entirely to ghost voting, right? Like I yes. can just shift that out of my mind.
1: I mean, you shouldn't because the ghost vote can be a powerful constituency.
0: Yeah, that's do you think the ghost vote has shifted any elections and or can shift elections?
1: Um, Well, we never actually have proof. Well, we don't actually have proof that a ghost has ever actually voted. So, no, but they could.
0: Fair. Um, Well, on this on this topic, actually, I do have one more question about ghost voting. Um, When ghosts inevitably vote and put in their vote, do you think there is a higher chance of voter fraud from ghosts than from non-ghosts?
1: I think it's actually the opposite, because if you're a ghost, you can just float around and follow everybody, right? So you can see where your vote's going.
0: Right, but at the same time, you don't have to technically follow... So like time laws, you could you could just materialize in the voting section and just vote after hours or vote multiple times. I'm pretty sure right? those machines
2: are set up so you can't do that.
0: Uh, the machines
2: in Georgia and most other states are set up so that they are not connected to the internet. So uh, ghosts that have like a good affinity with technology would not be able to affect them like through the internet. Could they inhabit the machine and change the vote count, that is possible. So there is a chance of malicious ghost actors who are anti-democracy, who can take possession and like possess a voting machine and thereby change votes, which is why paper ballots are always going to be the most secure form of voting.
0: Wild. All right. Good to know. I will keep this in mind when the ghost vote gets larger on to ghosts and baseball. So congratulations, guys. I, I know the Braves won. Big deal. Big deal. Also, I hate you because the Braves won. Uh, and I'm here in Texas. Uh, and we always want to win. But uh, what what drew you all to the curiosity of can ghosts play baseball? Besides the Braves winning, obviously. Well, I mean, it's, you know,
1: top of everybody's mind, right? And so I think it's important to think about, right, that if, if, if you could assemble a ghost baseball team, even maybe just a couple of ghost players, that could give you a real advantage. You could get some real some, some real great players on there and craft a, uh, a World Series winning team. Yeah, and it's also like the classic Air Buds style question. Mm, exactly, yeah. Major League Baseball has not officially answered whether or not a ghost can play bat- baseball. Yeah, exactly
2: uh now that being said, I skimmed the official baseball rules 2021 edition this afternoon uh there is nothing specifically within the rule manual which by the way is about 200 pages long gotcha uh there's nothing in the rule book that officially states that you know ghosts specters or intangible like other beings are not allowed. Wait, to wait, play baseball. Do they even have Airbud rules? Um, in baseball, uh, there is, I mean, there are no specific rules that say the player must be human. There are certain references to personhood. So for baseball, it is, how do we define personhood? So arguably, I can get a corporation to play baseball on my team uh there's a strong 14th amendment argument that corporations are people exactly that's what i'm saying we decided
1: corporations for people and so if, if i just form a cor- if if i just hire if i draft a corporation to my baseball team do i then get the advantage of like oh those 10 guys on third base that's you know jim's air conditioning corporation right and i and and they're my first round pick because now I've got ten people on first base. It that seems that's, that's, that seems like a winning strategy to me
0: so and in that point though, the corporation is a person, but also you have ten individual people representing one person. Does that count? because I there's also like a limit to the number of people who are supposed to be on a baseball team.
1: Mm. I guess we have to argue that you know personhood uh, supersedes.
0: You're saying corporation personhood supersedes individual personhood? Is that what you're trying no, to say? No, I'm saying
1: that corporation personhood supersedes the uh, the strict laws of how many people can be on a field because arguably we define the number of people on a field with personhood. And so if I can argue that there are, you know, I don't know how many people are on, are on, a, are on a baseball team or on a field at a time, but, you know, 10 people on the field or whatever, you know yeah i may have 20 but 10 of the but you know 10 of those people count as one person so i think i'm in the clear
2: yeah i think that can be a strong argument because it's like stocks yeah. like stocks are all like a small part of the company so these individuals is effectively like a stock yeah so each of these ghosts is a stock for their ghost corporation, and you need all of them to have the whole ghost corporation play the game. So your outfielder might only be it's one person made up of ten ghosts.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell a player that he could only bring one of his legs onto the field, right? Mm-hmm. It seems wrong to say that, you know, I can only bring you know, one-tenth of my corporation onto the field.
0: So, Sans arguing if ghosts can actually play baseball, you're trying to argue you should be able to bring more ghosts on a baseball field because a ghost corporation counts as one person. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. How does this affect them playing baseball? You well,
1: know, I mean, that's, that's sort of a different question. I mean, as we established, you know, as as long as the ghost isn't trying to use like a ghost bat, they should be fine. Um, you know, now it does get interesting in that uh, it, it is, I guess, arguably harder to hit the, the batter with a pitch because it is just going to go right through them. Um, but, you know, for all, all, all intents and purposes that they, they, they should be able to play baseball. Um, we might have to put, like, hats on them to make sure that we can see them at all times, but, you know.
2: Yeah, there's need for a certain amount of tangibility because a lot of baseball rules involve, like, physical touch of the balls, the bases, the bats, other players, and some of these rules specifically disallow physical touch, but it still requires the precursor of physical touch being... A possibility. Uh, Ghosts, by their nature, might be able to sidestep some of those rules due to their uh, usual intangibility. But other rules, we do have to be creative in how we comply with them.
1: Now, I will say ghosts are definitely a better fit for baseball than, say, like football, where you have to tackle somebody Because arguably most of the physical contact in baseball comes from simply having to tap the player or the plate, usually with the ball, which a ghost would be able to do.
0: So are you arguing that the more lack of contact in a sport, the more a ghost would be good at the game? So like, for example, a ghost would be very good at ultimate frisbee, but very, very bad at at football. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think we we can make a stronger case for ghosts being, you know, a good baseball player. Football and like rugby and something like that is going to be more of a stretch. I think we can work on it, but it is going to be harder. But I, I think ghosts are sort of a natural shoe in for, for uh,
2: baseball. Yeah, I agree with that analysis. I think it also depends on if this is a ghost versus ghost team, because Presumably, there's a certain amount of tangibility ghost to ghost. The complications really show up when it is a like mixed being kind of team where there are some living people and some unliving people trying to play together. That's where things really get complicated. Admittedly,
1: we are going to need to amend a few rules about you know ghosts flying and such, but. In general, I, I I think the rule book is uh, is is pretty clear on, on most things.
0: Okay, uh, one question based off of prior conversation: you, would it just be better to have a whole ghost team than to have half ghosts, half living people, or vice versa? Like, I don't.
1: I'm not going to make a judgment one way or the other. I think that's up to the coach to choose. You know what they think the best players are and if if that's a whole ghost team, you know, if they want to craft a strategy around a whole ghost team or if they want sort of a mix, you know, bring 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 back some old old favorites in ghost form.
0: I'm gonna leave that up to them. Is wait, okay, that's a good point. Is Babe Ruth allowed in this?
1: I mean, assuming he assuming he he's a ghost, I, I think he is.
2: Okay. Yeah, if like Babe Ruth or Hank Aaron are yeah. ghosts, they should be allowed to play. Okay. Uh, I also think we should not we should not try and segregate ghosts and non-ghosts from each other because there are some serious civil rights issues with that mm, yeah we also don't want to run into that either
0: wait what What ghost civil rights issues are we running into right now okay, okay.
2: admittedly ghosts are not a protected class under yeah. the civil rights act but yet Yeah, like I would certainly think that there's like a tangential civil rights issue if we wanted to segregate the living and the non living. That just seems like asking for a lawsuit.
0: Well, I I mean, like, what if you guys have brought up a couple of points of like ghosts may have to like fudge rules. What if rather than like fudging the rules or having to write different rules, there was just a different league for like okay argument. You can have a mixed league, that's fine. But what if you also just had ghost baseball league where they could fly cuz everybody could technically fly in baseball?
1: I mean, listen, I would watch that, but I think that's up to uh, up to the, you know, the the Major League Commissioner to decide if that's something they want to do in potentially opening themselves up to sort of ghost-based lawsuits.
0: All right, fair, fair, fair. Okay, well, if the person in charge of Major League Baseball is listening, please take into account our thoughts on how ghosts should be included into Major League Baseball.
2: Yeah, and I suppose there is precedent for that because in sports leagues, we have like the major leagues, the minor leagues, based on like history and ability of the teams and how much they have won and lost. Uh, we have youth leagues, we have uh, men and women's leagues, and all of these are based on the idea that these teams are substantially different in either performance or in form. So if we can make the argument that the living and the non-living are substantially different in, like, character performance or, like, their uh, lawful existence, then, yeah, uh, creating a new league for them should be easy enough.
0: Gotcha. All right, y'all, do you, you have anything else you want to talk about about ghosts, I guess, because we're here now?
1: I mean, listen, we, we can talk about ghosts all day, but that's, you know, we showed up here to talk about ghost voting and ghost baseball, and I, I think we've a, laid out a pretty convincing argument for that.
2: Yeah, it's like both of them require certain conditions to be met, but the ultimate answer is yes to both.
0: All right, fair. Well, I guess thank you for joining me, taking over my podcast, I guess, this week. Um, usually at this point, I would suggest the people who come on my podcast to make a podcast of their own so I could listen to it, but you all have told me that it's scattered around the podcast universe, so like, where do people find your podcast?
1: I mean, that's part of the game, right? If, if you're a true ghost fan, you have to put in the work, much like finding a real ghost, to try to find our podcast. You never know whose feed we're going to show up in. You never know what kind of ghost topic we're going to talk about. So it's up to you. Um, we don't have social media, so you can't follow us there. Um, may- maybe look on the dark web, but that's you know at your own risk. Um, but you know, <clears throat> Spotify, iTunes, check all those. Basically, check check any podcast feed because you never know when we might
2: show up.
0: Literally, all of them. Yes. Yeah. Um,
2: the GPU is spread across your entire podcast feed. We make uh, partnerships with as many different podcasts as we can, and sometimes they are friendly partnerships. Sometimes we just show up places and take over.
0: All right, okay. uh, last question I usually have for guests. uh regular question uh to both of you, uh, and I guess also your editor Graham, who is not here currently. uh, if you could be in a kind of cookie, what kind of cookie would you be in why?
1: I mean, you know, ghost cookies, I guess, right? Great, so
0: it's kind of obvious. Thanks, Skylar. Thanks a lot for that one. Dark
2: chocolate with cinnamon mixed into the batter. Why though? Uh, Dark chocolate has a richness and bitterness to it. And there's a certain amount of either maturity you need to really appreciate it, or it's something that uh, it's an acquired taste. And I think that, really spells out how I have interacted with my friendships of very frequently I can be an acquired taste, or it takes a longer time to really get used to me. And the cinnamon is there for just a hint of spice and something different, because that's what I bring to the table.
0: Nice. Thank you, Thages, for answering the question. Skylar, one day answer my questions.
1: Look, ghost cookies, well... I mean, I've never had ghost cookies because they're ghost cookies, but, you know, they are the sweetest cookies, or so
0: I'm told. Of course. Um, well, thank you both for joining me, I think. Um, and thank you all at home for listening. This has been the Ghost Podcast Universe on the 52-bit podcast. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, funny jokes, um, uh ideas for other podcast universe that apparently can just show up and take over my podcast message me at 52 underscore bit podcast on twitter or 52 bit podcast at gmail.com the 52 in both of those is numeric uh and that's it thank you all so much for listening i I'll, I'll see you maybe next week we'll see uh, i'll talk to you later bye